It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon on the show today. We'll get some NBA talk, a little MLB, another retirement in MLB that matters to some of the the listening audience. Probably some of you don't care as much, but some of you will. We'll get to that. Uh, also get into some NCAA basketball talking uh, about Texas entering Big 12 play. The men's entering Big 12 play and the women's team continuing Big 12 play. We'll get into all of that a little college football as well. Some Texas news and notes we should hit up. Some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. A whole lot of NFL talk as we head into week 18 in the playoff scenarios and what could be happening. All of that coming up on the show today and a whole lot more, including your text messages. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. If you want to join the conversation, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Uh, whatever you guys want to talk about, you hit up there. We'll give you Patrick's Big Fat Poll in just a little bit. Give you something to talk about there, and then we'll also hit you up uh, with whatever you want to go. If you have a conversation you want to start or a hot take or something like that, uh, bring it up there in the text line, and we'll try and get to everybody's text. We try and let you guys decide what we talk about here on the show because the show is for you guys. That's why we love doing it here on a Friday. It's a 512 Friday as well. Playing some local music here on the show, letting you know bands to go check out around town this weekend. Uh, if you're getting out, uh, I didn't. I don't think I've told this story yet, which was a fun one on New Year's Eve. I went, and a buddy called me, and then they were down at a, an apartment down uh, downtown. So they were like, "Come on down, we're gonna watch the fireworks. Uh, come hang out." And so I went over there, but you know, it was it's New Year's Eve, and so you know they were making the right thing. Like, man, just get just get an Uber, just get an Uber, get a Lyft or whatever you want to get. Just get that. Come on out, but don't drive. There's no need to drive. And I'm like, you're right. There's no reason to start off. You know the new year wrong, so I get the the ride share and I get down there, and uh, as I get in the car, nice guy, everything's going good, feeling good about it. Get in, and uh, and I notice in the music playing it's some R and B, and it's a cool song. I don't know what song it was, but I enjoyed the beat. It was a good song, right? And I get in, and it's playing, and I think I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I'm talking to the guy for a minute, and, and I'm not much of a talker. You know, we've discussed this on the show before that when I'm getting my hair cut. 
I'm okay. I don't need a. I don't need to have a conversation. I'm okay with it just being quiet. I prefer to not talk. I know I talk way too much on this show, so I kind of get it all out in these two hours, and I don't necessarily need it in other places. So if I'm in the car, right? If I'm in the car, I don't necessarily need to have the conversation. We'll just get there. I'll get on my phone and I'll be doing something, and we'll move on, right? Uh, well, we talk for a minute, and then as soon as we start driving, I see him flip the station from the army to Journey, and it just seems like the most white guy approved music it could be. No, just put on some Journey. It's a white guy in the back again. Honky's in the back. Put on some Journey, and I was like, no, right, whatever. It's Journey. I'll listen to Journey. Whatever. Maybe it's your thing too. I don't know. It didn't. It seemed like you were enjoying the music that you were listening to in the car by yourself, which was fine. But then you put on some journey for me, and so we're going, and then it starts, and then you know he plays like three journey songs in a row, and then the playlist hits Kanye, and I'm like, okay, Kanye, I'm fine, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of him personally, but the music, it's iconic, plays that immediately skips it, hits a ludicrous song immediately skips it, plays Maroon Five, leaves it on. I'm like, come on, man, give me a break. Give me a little bit of credit here. Just a little bit of credit. And uh, so we listened to Room 5 until I got there. On the way back, the guy uh, did not care. But it was just a funny moment to realize how much uh, it is. And it's just when I got the party, too. We're all hanging out. Someone's like, do you want to sit down? I'm like, oh, I don't really sit down a ton of parties. Uh, it just adds to me always looking like a narc. Just always. Just always. It's a fun little thing. But be safe if you're going out there uh, and enjoying yourself. This weekend, uh, always be safe out there. Don't you know? Don't drink and drive, and and try and be try and be the responsible person. I know it's hard. I'm trying to be better at it every day. You try and be better. Uh, well, let's talk some uh, NBA to kick things off here on the show because uh, there was some big news or a big game last night. The Spurs and the Bucks. A lot of people thought that the Bucks would run away with this one. They end up winning one twenty five, one twenty one, but it was very close game. We saw some highlight plays. Uh, from the Spurs down the down the stretch, they were able to get the ball and get. Wimby has a great block on Giannis near the end of the game when they're down three. In the reality of this game, Giannis goes off for forty four points in there, fourteen rebounds, seven uh, steals or seven assists. Sorry, and just has a really good game. He hits two gigantic threes, two gigantic threes now at the near the end of the game, uh, where basically they played off him and dared him to take the threes. He hits both those threes. It spurs a nine to uh, one run by the, the Bucks that lets them come back and take the lead against the Spurs. The Spurs have a hard time getting back ahead. Wimby has a good game, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 blocks in the game. Plays pretty well. Uh, but this really what we've seen with this Spurs team so far this season. What really makes it go is you have to have that secondary player step up when Wimby is playing good because Wimby's going to play good. He's kind of on a minutes restriction. He's not able to play 35 minutes a game yet, so you have to have somebody step up and really take over the game. When Devin Vassell is taking over games for the Spurs, they're a different team. He had 34 points, went 14 for 21 shooting, 6 for 9 from 3. That's a way that the Spurs can improve this this season is if they continue to have Devin Vassell step up in that role. And now Trey Jones is in the starting lineup last night where a lot of people want him to be in that starting lineup uh, to help kind of distribute the ball. Trey Jones was the one who missed the wide-open three at the end, which, look, it's not his not a huge problem for Trey Jones to miss that. It's you know He doesn't get that opportunity a lot. Uh, he was open. You want to see him sink that, but that is what young teams do. But to see Devin Vassell get, to get down there and play, that, uh, play the role he played in this game, you want to see that more. 
You like to be able to. You like the fact that they only had 11 turnovers in this game. That's something that they've been working on. That's improving throughout the season. The rebounding is improving. The hustle about rebounding. Uh, the the three point percentages against them have been going down in the last month, which is something else you want to see. And you can see a lot of pieces where the Spurs team is taking steps to get in the right direction, but they still haven't gotten quite over that edge yet. And the the part of getting over that edge is consistency. The Spurs need to find that consistency, uh, and it's hard to do with a really young team. Of It's not consistency in just the moment. It's not consistency of, oh, you know, well, in the fourth quarter, I'm consistent. It's like, no, you need to be consistent for four quarters. It's what does Sark say about culture. It's who you are some of the time. is who you are all the time. And that applies into everything. And so the Spurs have a lot of young players with their heads down at the wrong times in games. They have a lot of players that, you know, are worried about the wrong thing in maybe the second quarter or the third quarter. You, you have some really good players like Devin Vassell who needs to step up and is going to continue to learn to take over that leadership role. Keldon Johnson is coming off the bench, doing it extremely well right now. Keldon Johnson, but he needs to find his role of demanding the ball in the second-tier uh, second offense and, and taking a little bit more slack onto that. But when you start looking at what this team is becoming as it gets through, they're still not a good team. They're still not good. They're still a, a work in progress. But I think as you watch this Spurs team as the season goes on, you're starting to see more and more of this team uh, delivering on progress. And that's really all you can ask for in this season is progress. You're going to see the guys that are not going to be there. Clearly the roster is not talented enough to be competitive uh, for a real playoff team, but they are competitive enough uh, to be in some big games, and they were last night against the Bucs. Also last night we got to see the Nuggets Beat the Warriors one thirty to one twenty seven. That's with John, uh, when uh, Nikolai Jokic hits a basically half court buzzer beater for three to win the game. Just really giving the woes to the Warriors as the Warriors outplayed the Nuggets pretty much the whole game and in in almost every statistical category they're either even or ahead of the Nuggets. And you watch and it's one of the problems that you've started to find with this Nug- this Warriors team. And I think it's a problem of aggression when you talk about who they're missing and who may bring the most aggression. Uh, They're missing free throws. When they lose games, they're not getting to the free throw line. And it's just one of the the things. In uh, the last four of the five games, they were heavily, the four of the five losses, they were heavily outshot at the free throw line. So it's not, I'm not even talking about percentages or anything else, but we're talking between eight to ten more free throws taken by the other team. That's not a good stat because you're talking about a team making up a 10-point lead on you, and if you're even in everything else and you give, you're give spotting them 8 to 10 points, that's a huge difference in a game, and that's kind of where the Warriors have been in some of these losses. Not aggressive enough getting to the rim, not aggressive enough getting fouls, not aggressive enough getting teams into foul trouble so you can get them, you know, you can be shooting those free throws later in quarters uh, getting free points, getting a little bit of rest late in quarters, late in the half. Those are types of things you have to be able to do. And as much as Draymond Green will get other teams in foul trouble as well and get the other team where they're, you know, he's fouling the other team, he'll do that plenty too. But he can come in there and disrupt and make play- players play a little bit more aggressively. I think it's one of the things you're seeing in this, this uh, Warriors offense right now. And I don't know if that's because Kaminga and Moody are not feeling it. And we the report came out today that Kaminga basically doesn't believe that Steve Kerr has any of Kaminga's best interest, and Moody does not believe that Steve Kerr has any of their best interest. 
that they're not care that he doesn't care about developing these players that all he wants to do is have his guys and have the older team do the work that apparently that is what they believe is is happening and so they're uh, you know the unrest is rising in that warriors team and it seems like that there could be a ending of this dynasty sooner rather than later. The more you see with Draymond getting a big contract and then he's back practicing, he's back at the practice facility now, but he's not back out of the suspension completely. But what he's been dealing with after getting an extension that Clay Thompson didn't sign the extension because he wanted more, but now is playing like he deserves left. You still have Steph Curry there, but then Bob Myers, the GM, leaves there, and you have Steve Kerr who people are losing more and more respect for, uh, especially the younger players. We saw that that was a problem with Jordan Poole, that Jordan Poole was supposed to be the guy, and he stepped out. They go trade back for Gary Payton the second after they let him walk, and he has been consistently injured, comes back and gets hurt again. Uh, this is a weird team that is in a flux of they need to embrace some of their younger talent because the younger talent can play more minutes, can step up in these roles, especially earlier in the season, and they just don't seem to be doing it. Uh, but a perfect example of what you hate to see if you're a if you're a general manager or you're a coach is that your team statistically is in every part of this game, and then you shoot 16 free throws and the and the Nuggets shoot 29, and it's not the refs screwing you. That's you not getting out there and being aggressive enough. When you play basketball, you know there if it, if it's a difference of five or six, you can go, man, we missed those couple calls. But when it starts getting over 10 free throws that are different. It's usually not that it's just being so bad because refs will a lot of times even try to make up a little bit if one side's if it's getting too one sided. And yes, there are bad times and bad refs. I get that, but that's not normally the case. It did not seem to be the case last night, uh, and it's kind of a thing that has been happening to the Warriors a lot, uh, where I think they're expecting to get calls on contact that's not real contact. And you have to go in there and really create the contact. I'm not saying Steph has to do it more. If he wants to get the calls, he can. But I'm saying you've got to get uh, Kaminga to do that. You've got to get Moody to do that. You've got to get Clay to do that. You don't really have a big that uh, Looney's not going in there and getting it inside, which is an easy way. They're going to call a lot of fouls inside like that. They just don't have those issue. They don't have those players, and it's becoming an issue for them. Uh, some games to watch out for this weekend in the NBA, just to give you an up. Uh, tonight, you will see Grizzlies at the Lakers. It's an interesting game because both these teams are trying to right the ship from early woes. Well, the Grizzlies are 5-4 and four since Morant came back. They were start off really poorly. Then he came back. They win three straight games, but 2-4 and four since then. So they're trying to figure it out with John Morant and how they're going to be able to make it work. The Lakers are 3-9 and nine since the end season tournament win. They need to figure out what works. You know, we, we're seeing LeBron is getting more and more disheveled. We talked more about that yesterday. You can find it on the podcast page uh, talking about Lakers and, and LeBron. And me, you know, he needs to take the responsibility. If it's his team, he needs to take the responsibility of it and, and you know, go do LeBron it up. Uh, but John Morant's trying to do that in, in Memphis as well. It's going to be an interesting game to see two teams that aren't necessarily playing their best basketball, that both are not necessarily really happy to play. You also get to see John Morant versus LeBron. You also get to see uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Anthony Davis. Those are going to be really good matchups uh, in there. Or maybe it's John Morant versus Austin Reeves is what you want to call it. But whatever you want to call it, that's going to be a fun matchup tonight. Uh, you also see the Rockets take on the T-Wolves tonight. They take on the Bucks on Sunday. Two big games for the Rockets coming up. Uh, if they can get those win. The Timberwolves, 24-9, are making the trip of uh, tonight. They're playing the Rockets. Then they play the Mavericks on Sunday. But the uh, Timberwolves right now, number one team in the Western Conference, going to be a good 
uh, setup of matchups coming up for the Timberwolves and uh, the Texas teams to see how the Mavericks are responding. They need to get the rebounding right in Dallas. Uh, that's something that has been a problem that Kyrie and Luka are kind of leading the team in rebounding right now. That's not going to last long term. You get a Grant Williams who is shooting threes pretty well, playing some decent defense, but not getting on the rebounds lively, has not been getting them. Uh, they need to work on getting those rebounds because that's going to be a big point. And it's something that, you know, uh, the Mavs are going to be looking for. And maybe that's a guy where you want to get a Pascal Siakam in there who can play some offense, but also get you some rebounds. That might be someone they're looking for if the Timber, if the Raptors continue on to try and slow and uh, and slow down the wins and get a little bit higher of a draft pick. Of course, they have traded their draft pick. They're in the Kawhi trade that there is uh, that the Spurs have their number one draft pick this year, but it's top six protected. The Raptors were the seventh worst team in the NBA when they made that trade of OG Ananubi. So interesting put there. Also, the Spurs have another game on Sunday against the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell, make sure he doesn't go off, but this is a winnable game for the Spurs. It's a road game. Those are a little bit harder for them right now, but it's a winnable game for the Spurs on Sunday versus the Cavs. Uh, text line, I did see, I saw my man Chan jump in uh, about uh, Bo Davis. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I will get to him. Uh, we'll talk a little Texas football when we get there. The text line's open, 512-447-3776. Uh, a couple other notes. Michael Brantley retired today, uh, 15 years in the Major League Baseball, had a really rough last two years trying to get back onto the field. Uh, he signed in December of 2018 with the Astros. We know what he meant. He's got a glove in there from the 2019, in the Hall of Fame from the 2019 uh, ALCS, a great double play he had. Uh, Uncle Mike, just a great le- locker room leader. Uh, great guy on the field as well. Just one of the most technical hitters you're going to see. Uh, great to see him uh, be able to go out on his own terms and step away. It, you know, he says he wants to go spend some time with his family, which is great to see a guy like that be able to go enjoy the fruits of his labor. Uh, so hats off to Michael Brantley as he uh, steps away from the game. Uh, and you know we'll talk more as the season continues or the offseason continues for the Astros, but this is another blow to an Astros team that uh, this may be coming to the end. This may be coming to the end as everybody, as the Astros, everybody knows them, and I know for a lot of people you want to hear that. For Astros fans, you don't want to hear that, but the salary cap and, uh, well, what, what salary cap there is, the Astros don't want to spend the amount of money that the Dodgers are spending. They're not dropping a billion dollars in a week. They're not doing that, so... They're going to have to make some big decisions coming up. Uh, NCAA basketball, Texas is taking on Texas Tech tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. It begins Big 12 play. Uh, for the Texas Tech game, you're going to watch out for Pop Isaacs. That is their leading scorer for Texas Tech. Uh, you're going to have to protect the Rams, something that Texas has not been necessarily great at. Uh, you hope that Donovan Mitchell will be able to step up into that role, Dylan DeSue step into that role, and Shedrick, this is going to be where he has to step into playing the more defense, uh, the bigger defense against conference opponents. Uh, but this is where you start to see the, the level of play step up again. You had troubles early on against UConn. You had troubles against Marquette. Yes, those are top five teams in the country. So it's not like you're, you know, you're, you're losing everything because you lose those games. But you do need to step up against some of these uh, better opponents and better players as you get up there. Warren Washington, someone else to point out, uh, seven-footer for Texas Tech, uh, is going to be another guy to give problems to Shedrick and Dylan DeSue who are really going to need to step up in these games. We need Max Aismas to get his game going. Tyrese Hunter should be back, I believe. Uh, he was out for illness, I believe, is what they said in the last game. So he should be back. He didn't play uh, against UT Arlington. He should be back. They should be at full power going against this Texas Tech team. 
But you want to see what Shedrick and Dylan DeSue, how they start to play against guys that are going to be bumping around a little bit more, both coming off of big injuries, how they respond to that. And to give you a quick update on uh, some of the uh, NCAA or the Big 12, what the outlook is right now, the Big 12, for anybody who wants to see where Texas ranked in the Big 12, with most publications and most people where you're putting it, uh, Kansas is going to be your number one. Kellen McCuller Jr., Hunter Dickinson, uh, they're just a really good team. Unfortunately, our Tio Moore has already left that, you know, has already been uh, kicked off the team. So that's sad to see the Texas player is back off and not playing right now. But uh, Kansas is your, your pretty much projected number one there in the Big 12, as they are almost every year. Houston. The new addition to the Big 12, you know, they weren't as great in, in football, but basketball, Houston is very good with Samson as the coach. LJ Cryer, if you remember him from Baylor, he is now one of their star players over in Houston. They are pretty much the consensus number two. Now, three and four, somewhat interchangeable. Three and four interchangeable of what people are saying about them. Uh, but I have Texas at three and Baylor at four. Kind of depends on what people think. Some people have more faith in Scott Drew than Rodney Terry, and I think it's more coming down to a coaching thing. Uh, but Baylor in Texas kind of in that three and four spot. Baylor has a couple of star uh, freshmen and Jacoby uh, Walters and uh, and Missy who are going to be playing in that game are going to be playing for Baylor for this season. He has gotten some really good performances out of young players. Scott Drew has. So that is one depending on how they evolve as freshmen and this team evolves. Uh, we could see Baylor step up and become one of the top teams in the Big 12 again. We know they won a national championship not that long ago. And for Texas, so much of it comes down to if Max Smith can turn into the scorer that we have wanted him to become, if he can step into that role, uh, then you know it opens a lot of doors for Texas. But also on the flip of that, you need to see Shedrick and especially Dylan DeSue. If Dylan DeSue can step back into the role that he had at the end of last year and be the factor he is on both ends of the court, it changes a lot of things because now it opens up more things for Tyrese Hunter and Max Aismas. The inside-out game can change even more where you can have those guys and spot them up. And I know Aismas is not necessarily the best spot-up shooter. He would like to be dropping the ball. IT Horton, it's going to help him out a lot. Uh, you also want to see you know, Dylan Mitchell get his spots. If he can continue to progress in his sophomore season, there's a lot that you can believe in. This is a Texas team that offense is probably not going to look great until we're getting into February, mid-February is when their offense kind of showed up last year and you started to see more and more of that offense mid-February to late February and they made the run in March and then win the Big 12 tournament. I think you're going to see something similar to that again. Uh, but Texas Tech, you're going to play them on Saturday night. They do want to play defense. They do want to get after you. They're probably going to slip into some zone until Texas can beat it. You'll see that on Saturday night, but it's good to see Big 12 play starting in Texas basketball. We'll be talking about that on Monday. Uh, and real quick, before we get to the Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day, do want to put out uh, the Texans women's team has two games into Big 12. They lost to Baylor. Uh, they did trounce Texas Tech 74-47. to They take on number 24, West Virginia. Uh, if you did not know, that Rory Harmon, the star point guard for Texas, one of the best players, just a cool person, uh, a, you know, a great player for Texas, uh, is out for the season. It's disappointing to see that. But stepping up for Texas are the two Shays, Shaylee Gonzalez and Shay Holly. Uh, last game, Shaylee Gonzalez played 40 minutes. Shay Holly played 38. They are stepping up. They were both in the 20s in minutes. Uh, Shay Holly was like 18 to 20 a game. Uh, Shaylee Gonzalez was around 25 a game. They are playing whole games now. This is the backcourt of the two Shays. So if you have a good Shay nickname, I don't know if the women's team already has a good backcourt name for this for Shay and Shay, 
But uh, that is what the backcourt for Texas women's basketball and Vic Schaefer is looking like right now. Uh, I do want to mention something else in the NBA, which will get us to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Big Fat Poll of the Day today, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. If you got, uh, we'll hit up about this or anything else you want to talk about. We will get to those in just a minute. But uh, I do want to ask you, they did uh, announce yesterday, I believe, that Shaquille O'Neal is going in to Orlando, the Orlando Magic uh, Rafters, as the first retired number for the Orlando Magic. Shaquille will get that honor. You know, I, I know there was some bad blood, but he did what he did bring. He brought legitimacy to a new franchise in Orlando. And I have no problem when you think of Orlando Magic. You still somewhat think of Shaquille O'Neal. I think Dwight Howard may end up there at some point too, even though they both uh, kind of unceremoniously both ended their careers there. Uh, if you think about Orlando basketball and who got him to the finals and all of that, you're going to think about Shaquille O'Neal. That leads us to the fat, big fat poll of the day. Who, what player would you like to see to get their number retired? And it could be a football player, you know, in the ring of honor. It could be a basketball player. It could be pro or college. What player would you like to see their number get retired? I'm curious. Because it'd be any sport, any level. If you just say there's somebody that I think this is the person whose number isn't retired yet or they haven't been honored, that I want to see them and I think they should be honored. And so if it's a cowboy, if they're already in the ring of honor, that's the same difference. If it's a player, if you know, you can't say Ricky or Earl or or Colt, they're all up around. And so one of those you can't really, or Vince or, you know, but you can't go those. But if you're saying somebody else who has not been honored yet at that role, whether it's the NBA, or the MLB, or uh, anybody who's not been had that honor yet bestowed upon them, uh, what would that be for you? Who would that be for you? Uh, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Uh, we will get back. We will hit up some uh, Texas football. Talk about Bo Davis. Another player from Texas entered the transfer portal today, too. We'll get to that and play some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. All when we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn. It's 512 Friday where we play local bands that you can go check out around town this weekend. 
This is Extreme Heat. They're playing Saturday at the Saxon Pub. You can go check out some Extreme Heat coming back into town, playing a big show. Uh, singers, uh, not I believe he's he's out of town. He's back in town. I don't know. But uh, Extreme Heat's one of the oldest band, one of the oldest school bands in Austin. They've been playing around here for 30, 40 years. Been all killing it the whole time. Uh, always fun to check them out. If you like Tower of Power, then that's the band to think about when you go check out Extreme Heat uh, playing Saturday at the Saxon Pub. Cool band to check out there. Saturday at the Saxon Pub. Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776, asking you what player would you like to see get their number retired? Any sport? Any level? You just give me the name. But it can't be someone who's already retired. So someone whose number is not retired, who would you like to see get their number retired? Since Shaq is getting his number retired, uh, for the Orlando Magic. Who would you like to see get their number retired? That's on the text line, 512-447-3776. Anything else you want to talk about as well? Uh, some news out of Texas, what I've seen before the show. It's always changing. We don't know who's entering the draft, who's going in the portal, or who's coming back. We'll keep you up with that as much as I can. Uh, but we did see Trill Carter, the defensive tackle, is going uh, is entering the portal to, as a grad transfer. He will be heading out from Texas uh, I don't know if that's he's deciding that he wants to go somewhere where he may see more action on the field. If he wasn't feeling that he was going to see the field enough next year, or rotation or what it is, maybe it's something for educational. Who knows? But Trill Carter uh, is going to be moving on in the transfer portal. And a lot of people asking about Bo Davis. Uh, his name has come up that the LSU has been looking at Bo Davis. And, you know, he is a he is an LSU alumni. So the thought was maybe he would go back and be their defensive line coach as they're revamping that defense. There were some reports too that they were they wanted Bo Davis. They were seeking as hard for, to find Bo Davis as to find a defensive coordinator. That the, they really thought that building up that D line, they wanted to get him in there and start building up that D line, especially with the transfer portal. Uh, still, players being out in that, you're still trying to hit recruits and see if you can get anybody to come in. Uh, so I think that there's something to be said of they really wanted Bo Davis to tr- build up that D line for for Brian Kelly. All reports are Bo Davis is coming back to Texas. Reports right now are that Bo Davis is coming back to Texas. LSU fans seem to not be thrilled about it, but that is what the reports are coming back right now. I do want to play you some sound, though, uh, from Hooking Up with Ian Rob B. This morning they were talking about some NFL stories about the Texans game. It's a really good look into the matchup. Rod has some good stats on that. Talk a little bit about Dallas and Washington, too, but... You know, that the matchup, there's, I, I, I'll tell you what I wrote down in the six o'clock and the five o'clock hour. I'll tell you what I wrote down for, uh, <laughs> for that, that entire matchup. There's one sentence I wrote down. That's all that all that matters. But, uh, we play some sound on a, uh, replay here from Hook 'em Up for me and Robbie this morning. Uh, they're at six to six to 11 right here on the horn and they're playing right now on the sports complex. All right, welcome back to the show, and welcome to Rod's Round today. A couple of things I want to bring up, just a couple of topics. First, talking about the Texans and their big matchup coming up versus the Colts. A big game for the Texans, who will be trying to uh, clinch a playoff spot with that win. I gave this little nugget out earlier just to show you how – um, really how much of a, an achievement it is for the Texans to even be in the playoff hunt. Uh, the Texans were at 200-1 to 1 odds 
uh, which is the which was the second worst Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl odds to start the season, and now they're playing for a playoff spot. Colts, by the way, were at, were 150 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. They were second and third uh, worst odds to win the Super Bowl, and they're playing for a playoff spot. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we talked early, throw the Bucks in there too. I think they were the fourth worst odds to win the Super Bowl, and they are a team that's going to look like they'll end up making the playoffs. So it's really interesting. You know, you got the the Colts and the Texans, both first-year head coaches. Um, at one point, they were first-year quarterbacks too, first-year starting quarterbacks for both of these squads. Uh, but Anthony Richardson got hurt, and you have Gardner Minshew, who's more of a veteran, um, who's going to be quarterbacking the Colts in that matchup. Speaking of first-year head coaches, first-year quarterbacks, rookie head coaches, rookie quarterbacks, since the year 2000, there have been 13 such combinations. First-year quarterback, first-year head coach, rookie and either. Um, of that group, they're the fifth team to finish the season with a winning record. The Texans are. They are the fourth team to, to win six more games, at least six more games, than they won the previous season. So a, a differential uh, uh, turnaround is, is from uh, the last season of six wins, at least six more wins. And in terms of the play, teams that made the playoffs, um, I believe that four of those 13 teams made the playoffs. If the Texans make the playoffs, they'll be the fifth of those 13 teams with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to make the playoffs. So pretty impressive stuff by the Texans. Also going to be the first time they play in primetime. They've been playing in that 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time Zone window, which is the noon window for uh, Central Standard Time Zone the entire season. 16 of those games. First time they're playing in primetime. I hope that it is a motivating factor for the Texans, but I will admit I'm not sure how they're going to play um, considering their, all their body clocks all season long have been adjusted to playing at noon. Like that's all they played. Uh, had no primetime games to start the season. Goes back to those Super Bowl odds. So they had the second-worst Super Bowl odds to start the season. Why the hell would you put them in primetime? Um, so the Texans have earned that primetime spot. So I'll give the Texans a lot of credit for that. Speaking of uh, the matchup this weekend between them and the Colts, there are a couple of little nuggets that I think are really important in this matchup. I brought up the pass rush for the Texans has become formidable. It, it really has. They are actually one sack away. If they get a sack in this game versus the Colts, they'll be, uh, they'll be the new franchise. It'll be the new franchise record for sacks in a single season, breaking the 2015 record of 45. And a lot of that is due to Will Anderson. Now, Will Anderson, in the last three games, hasn't even played that much. I want to say in the last three weeks, he's only played like, I don't know, 20 snaps or something like that total. He has not played yeah, a lot. Yeah, he got hurt in the Jets game. Yeah, so he hasn't played a lot. Same game C.J. Stroud got hurt. I mean, they were mashing to coming out of New York. Yes, right. I mean, they've had more guys on IR, season in the IR, than any team in the league. Yep. <laughs> um, and we had Sean Bajani on. He actually said that as well. So it's still the case even today. I think that was the case like four weeks ago when I brought up that stat. It is still the case in the state. So remarkable job by D'Amico Ryan and that staff. But even in the time where Will Anderson has been hurt, and he's our best pass rusher. If you look among uh, rookie pass rushers, he's first in pressures, uh, second in sacks, first in QB hits and, and QB hurries. Uh, he's third in overall stops. He has been a force out there on the edge. Still has a chance to potentially win defensive rookie of the year, uh, but I think uh, Devon Witherspoon is probably going to win that, the uh, defensive back for the Seattle Seahawks. He's been fantastic. Uh, but anyway, getting back to it, in the last three weeks when Will Anderson, their best pass rusher, has missed a lot of time. He's been effective in the few snaps he's played, but he's missed a lot of time. They still have 14 sacks in the last three games. That's the most in the NFL in that time span, by the way. 
even with Will Anderson being limited to playing limited to no snaps in the last three games, they've had more sacks than any team in the league in that time span, 14 of them. They're trending. They're starting to figure it out. Well, I would say two of those games were against Tennessee, and Tennessee's offensive line's a mess. It is they've, they've taken advantage of that. But, no, I mean, but look, Gardner Minshew's been sacked 33 times this year. Yeah. And he's a guy you can get to. They're good running the ball. And, you know, the Colts do it with a two-headed monster. It's Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Those are their two running backs. But to your point about uh, taking away Gardner Minshew's first read, uh, the first read is almost always going to be Michael Pittman. Uh, he's their leading receiver. So that can you put De- De- uh, Derek Stingley – and see if he can lock that guy up, right? And if you take away, uh, you know, their, their number one guy is Michael Pittman, the big receiver out of USC, uh, who's had a pretty good year. And then there's Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. I mean, there's a game plan. This should be a low-scoring game, I anticipate, because I think Houston yeah. wants to keep it a low-scoring game. Because we also heard from Sean Bajani that you know, the matchup he's looking at is the Houston offensive line against the, the front seven of the Colts, which is really good. Uh, DeForest Buckner, and they got, they got a bunch of dudes with a bunch of sacks. They get after you up front. And Houston's offensive line is banged up. And Laramie Tunsil's questionable. They think he's going to play. And the problem for C.J. Stroud is his receiving core is decimated. Yep. But the Colts' secondary is decimated. Like it's, it's one of those, you know, who's going to be weaker? And if you can give C.J. time, you know, Nico Collins is healthy. Dalton Schultz is there. But there's no Tank Dell. There's no Noah Brown for this game. You know, who you're throwing to. I mean, you're, they're down to Xavier Hutchinson, Rod. Yep. The rookie out of Iowa State oh, yeah, is the guy that playing. they're trying to rely on. Yep. So who wins that battle will be big. But you're right, the Texans' defense against Gardner Minshew, if they can force some interceptions, uh, I think this will be a lower-scoring game. That, uh, and the Texans have been pretty good in one-score games when they get down to the wire because C.J. Stroud, when he's so healthy, clutch. has been really good in that. Yeah, he's so Chase clutch. Keenum won him a close game in overtime against Tennessee, but C.J.'s been clutch in these games. Uh, speaking of interceptions, uh, seven of the nine total interceptions for Gardner Minshew have actually come when he's held on to the ball too long. Two and a half seconds is kind of your, you know, that really is the breaking point for Gardner Minshew, really for this offense. He's a rhythm thrower, and when he's in rhythm, that means he's getting the ball out quickly. And if he's holding on to the ball for more than two and a half seconds, that's when bad things happen. Like I said, seven of his nine interceptions have come in that. If you go look at and by the way, he's pretty much split. Uh, Gardner Minshew has exactly 233 pass attempts. Um, and, uh, passing attempts both over and under two and a half seconds. So he is he split right down the middle. Sometimes it's you know two and a half seconds and under. Sometimes it's two and a half seconds and over. But in the last, if you look at the games where he has gotten, they've gotten beat really badly. Take that Bengals game. He lost thirty four to fourteen uh, when he held held onto the ball for more than two and a half seconds. Forty one passer rating, one interception, uh, zero touchdowns, eighty two total yards. When he got rid of the ball under two and a half seconds, one eleven point six pass rating had a touchdown zero turnovers that also has tracked in uh, in multiple games that I've been looking at for the Texans so that's really kind of the theme can they take away the first read for Gardner well Minshew and you know the offense the offense rod in Indianapolis is Shane Steichen so it's a very RPO based offense so they quick game quick game uh, that's really what it's about and it's either you know you put it in the belly of Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss and then you pull it if it's there if you're not I mean he's gonna run the ball or you're gonna throw it but it's always a quick throw uh, much like yep. we see Jalen Hurts do Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Sark, when they want to go quick game with the RPO base, that's what the Colts do almost exclusively. Yeah, uh, and it happened in that Falcons game. Remember, the Falcons, they just curb stumped the the Colts, held Jonathan Taylor to 2.4 yards per carry. I mean, they dominated almost 40% of the runs uh, for the Colts against the Falcons were stuffed at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. And Gardner Minshew, once again, it tracked. 
when he got rid of the football, uh, when he held on to the ball, I should say, for two and a half seconds or longer, he had a 32 passer rating. When he got rid of the football under two and a half seconds, 94 passer rating. It yeah. tracks. Yeah, and it, it goes to what he talked about, the quick game. If you take away the quick game, he holds it to the ball, your pass rush will get home. Yeah, and much like we saw, I'm, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, I'm going Washington against Quinn Ewers. Knock the ball down. Quinn, uh, Gary Gardner mentioned not a big big player. Get your hands up. You're probably not going to get a sack when he's getting rid of the ball. No. Knock it down. That impacted Texas early in that game uh, on a couple of early drives. Uh, I'd feel really good about Texas, the, the Texans in this game if they had um, Jonathan Grenard, the other pass rusher opposite Will Anderson. Uh, get, the, get the get the double barrel off the edge, guys. Because the other thing for Texans, if you have, because most people listening now have not watched the Texans much this year. We uh, I've watched every game. If you have, they get one of the reasons they get a lot of sacks, even with Will Anderson not 100, percent is they they get good interior pressure from Sheldon Rankins and uh, Malik Collins, the former Cowboy. Those guys really do a good job pushing the pocket in the middle. And if you have both of those edge rushers coming, they become a real problem. And I'm amazed that they have a chance to break this the franchise record. I mean, this is a franchise that JJ Watt. Who had like 23 sack seasons and yeah. you know put up huge numbers, defense player of the year. That tells you the impact D'Amico has brought to the defense. And I'd say for the offense, if you haven't watched the Rod, you'll see a team in I formation. Oh yeah, they they'll right. line up in the eye. You got an old school fullback they'll break out there, <laughs> and, and it's Anthony Beck, Beck. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Beck, Beck. Yeah. Anthony Beck, Andrew, Andrew Beck, Beck, the yeah. former Longhorn, and then mm-hmm. Brevin Jordan is another guy that they kind of yeah. use as a H back tight end kind of guy. I mean, they're trying to run San Francisco's. They don't have juice check, use check yeah, yet. They don't have the pieces. But Devin Stingletary has yeah. really turned into kind of their Christian McCaffrey as running back, and uh, he's been a really good player for them. Nico Collins would be the number one receiver. And that's is. why the injury to Tank Dell was so big. When Tank Dell was playing, he and – talk about quarterback receiver chemistry. Out. Well, the chemistry between he and, and mm-hmm. CJ is – Colt Jordan-like. I mean, they were just like uh, – they were awesome together when he broke his leg on that running play. That was such a shame because Houston was more – he they, when they had Nico Collins as the go-to, but then the slot speed guy and tank, they were really – they are almost unstoppable. That was the stretch where they beat the Bengals. Uh, they beat man, they, they beat some good teams in there. Good teams. Uh, found ways to win some tough games, and, and then tank got hurt, and here we are. So yep. uh, it's going to be that'll be a dogfight. It'll be a dogfight. Winner is in, and the winner could actually win the division if Jacksonville were to lose to Tennessee. So you could be talking about. It. So if the Texans were to win Saturday night, and again this is the Joe Buck Troy Aikman team. This yeah. is kind of like the Monday Night Football game. Um, first time Troy Aikman will call a Texans game with C.J. Stroud, so that'll be interesting to listen to Saturday night. But um, the winner of that game, if the, if the Titans were to beat the Jaguars on Sunday, the winner of Saturday night's game wins the division. That's wild. I can't believe that. Can you believe that? Well, and again, the Jacksonville, you got an injured Trevor Lawrence. He's got an AC joint injury in his shoulder, and so it could be C.J. Beathard against the Titans. You know, Mike Vrabel's cussing this week. He's all mad because he hates losing, cussing out reporters. <laughs> we'll see yeah. what uh, Texas Yeah, he's not feeling yeah, – he's, he's feeling a little bit uh, salty. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And they're playing at home. So keep an eye on that. And, of course, the Cowboys, all they have to do, the task is simple, beat Washington, and you're the division champs. Just win, baby. Like Al Davis would say, And as win, we baby. said, the division – being the division champion versus the five seed could mean a trip to the two home games in the playoffs and then a chance, a chance to get to the NFC championship game for the first time in 25 years. Yeah. No, so it's almost – what was it, 1995? Mm-hmm. So almost 30 years, Rod. Yeah, almost 30 years. When I was writing thesis and <laughs> <laughs> things. Damn. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the, the Cowboys got it. I mean, they, if they lose, they're going to be a laughing stock of the league. Well, because that would be the, the – I mean, the opportunity is Washington there. Washington has nothing to play for. Well, think about the difference between home game uh, in the playoffs with Green Bay, likely. Which is a very winnable game. Especially the way they play at home. Very winnable. Green Bay. And then you'd likely play – not likely, you would play the winner of the uh, Rams-Lions game. I think the Lions right now. But Rams are dangerous. 
when healthy. I, yeah. when, when Matt Stafford, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, and Kyron Williams were all playing, the Rams were pretty damn good. Uh, but that will be a very even matchup in the Detroit game. But that's who you'd get, right? And as opposed to if you lose this game Sunday, Rod, you're going to Tampa, and then week two you'd go to and play a very hot ta- Baker Mayfield team on the road. And we know the Cowboys are 3-5 and five on the road this year and have lost some games they shouldn't have away from home. Uh, but to have to go on the road as a five seed, play Tampa, and you win that, you're playing San Francisco in week two instead of week three yeah. in an NFC championship game. Mm, yeah, that could, yeah, it's not going to be good because I don't think the Cowboys are going to be San Fran, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong about And that. you know what? You'll be the most mad, not, not, not our man Ty and all the Cowboy fans, Jerry. Jerry will be fur- – if they lose this game, Jerry will be furious because think about two, the revenue from two home games in the playoffs. That's true. For the Cowboys. <laughs> For the Cowboys yeah. and 100,000 people. Yeah. No, you're right. And, well, I just think for Mike McCarthy and his job security. Jerry's like, even if we lose to Detroit, I got to fill the house one more time. You know, yeah. we beat Green Bay. Well, you got just to win the division and solidify Fill the it, house it, twice. An easier, easier route to getting to the NFC title game. Uh, yeah, I, it, it would be embarrassing. And I don't think that we'll lose, but I'll say this. It was, no, they won't. If they win it and win the division, both teams, I mean, because we, we talked all year that that loss to the Cardinals – or in September was going to kill them. But the Cardinals then went and beat Philadelphia to give them the huge favor. <laughs> they helped them out. Cardinals <laughs> came back and beat the they Eagles. Balanced the scales with yeah. the Cowboys. Both teams are now looking at that Arizona game going, dang it. It's good stuff there from Hook 'em Up with Ian Robbie. Uh, weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the text line. 512 447 3776 is the text line number asking you, who what player would you like to see get their number retired? Can't be someone who's already retired, but. Or numbers already retired, but what player? Any sports, any level, what player would you like to see get their number retired in honor of uh, Shaq getting his number retired in Orlando? We'll come back, get to some of your text messages, and uh, keep the show rolling here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. That's the sound of time rolling on. Say, do you hear that, baby? That's the sound of time rolling on. Back on the Sports Complex here on a 512 Friday, playing your local music. You can go check out around town this weekend. And one of the best here, Jackie Vinson, playing at Antone's tomorrow night. You can check out the great Jackie Vinson. Uh, always cool to go check her out, but doing another show here in town. She tours a lot, so can't always check her out. But she will be playing at Antone's uh, tomorrow night. Cool club, cool person, cool music. What could be better on a Saturday night? Uh, if you're not, if you're not watching, look, I'll, I, I'll, I'll tell you up. I'm going to be watching the Texans game. I'm going to have on uh, Texas game and the Texans game. I will have both on uh, of the two TV setup at least uh, running tomorrow night to watch everything that I want to watch. Text lines open 512-447-3776 is the text line. Uh, poll of the day is we're asking you whose number would you like to see retired? If you could pick anybody to get their number retired who has not been retired since Shaq is getting his retired his number retired in uh, in, San, uh, in Orlando. 
Uh, on the text line, uh, Father Ryan says the Spurs, other than Webby, had their heads down and took plays off every time they missed a shot or defensive alignment. Got to act like the misses aren't happening and keep competing. Yeah, it's consistency. It's consistency. And, I mean, there are certain people that I think do it more than others. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty vocal that I'm not a huge Sohan fan because I don't feel that he ha- has it. I think that, you know, he shows flashes of where he, he becomes a really good player, and we see potential of what he could do, but I just too often see him do that where he puts his head down and where he takes a playoff and when he dives to the basket and takes a bad shot and then lays on the ground because he didn't get a foul call and get bailed out and completely misses a defensive play, and so he misses two on one side and gives up two on the other. And, you know, when you start to play in closer games, and I know when they're getting blown out, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, that's a big piece, but when you lose by four points and and you're like, well, I, that was a four-point swing right there, uh, those become annoying as you keep seeing them, and he's a young player. And maybe it'll work out, and maybe everything will happen, but they have a lot of young players on that team that it's difficult to get them going, and I think that's where Vassell and Keldon need to step up a little bit more and you know, and get this team going a little bit better in consistency and just being the ones that are there early. And we know Wimby's going to do a lot of it, but Wimby is what, just turned 20? Is his birthday yesterday, today, or somewhere around here is his birthday? To look that up. I'll let you know it's at the, the five o'clock. I have to look that up. I heard that it was his birthday. So I know that it's he's right around twenty years old. Uh it's a little bit harder to expect for him to be the vocal leader in a room full of men, uh, especially when it's his second language and everything else. You, he'll get there. He will get there. But uh Kelton Johnson's been around the the Olympic team and uh Devin Vassell's been in the league a little bit longer, got his first big contract. You'd like to see those guys step up a little bit more. Uh Chan says, uh uh, Steve Kerr uh, to Dallas. I, I think there. Rod Babers has a theory that it is lining up that that Warriors group of Bob Myers and Steve Kerr may be coming to San Antonio if the time lines up that Pop steps down and then you see Bob Myers and Steve Kerr end up in San Antonio. I don't know if that would happen either, but that's that's a Rod Babers at least. Uh, but I don't see if Steve Kerr going to Dallas necessarily. I don't know if him and Mark Cuban are buddies. It doesn't feel like they would be best buddies. And Mark Cuban's still technically handling stuff like that, so I don't know if he would be. Uh, but it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Uh, we also have, if they haven't uh, retired Vince Young's jersey uh, number, they need to do that. Yes, Vince Young would need to be retired. He is retired, though. His number is retired at the University of Texas. So uh, I agree with you. He's got to be. But uh, And if you were texting us to see if they have the right number, yes, you do. You do have the right number. Uh, 512-447-3776. We'll get to more text. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to some more text messages. Uh, we will get into some NFL talk. Uh, big Week 18, some matchups don't matter, and nobody cares, and players aren't playing. Some matchups are for a lot, and some of those are mixed in between. We'll get into that when we come back on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.